everyone, and welcome to the Imitator Podcast, where we're discussing how to become more like Jesus, one topic at a time. I'm Curtis Henry, and I'm here with my co-host, Jeremy Sutherland. Hey, everyone. Today, we're going to be discussing our hurry-up culture and how we should respond as Christians. Our headline of the day today, throwback to June 2016 by Psychology Today, Why Hurrying Up Will Slow You Down. Psychology Today writes, It's interesting that many of us, when we find ourselves under pressure, tend to speed up in order to successfully achieve more. Sadly, there is a cost to this, and quite often it involves our health, well-being, and relationships. When we operate at full speed, we send a psychological message to ourselves, causing an adrenaline and cortisol surge which can make us impatient, anxious, irritable, and nauseous. Operating quickly instead of taking our time leads to mistakes and causes us to forget and overlook items. By contrast, if we take our time to slow down, breathe properly, and assess the situation, we are then in a position to prioritize. We can then work through what needs to be done rationally and in an orderly fashion. Right. That's that's a great article. And yeah, it's only four years old, but, you know, I, I can remember a number of years ago reading about an article that says, you know, that the, the cell phone's coming out. And with that, uh, our efficiency is going to be so much better at work that our work week will probably be lowered down to like, thir- I think they were saying like 30 hours or something like that. Wow. And in fact, it's it's really honestly done the opposite. Um, <laughs> as I tried right. to, to do a little search to find that article, what, what popped up and said was the fact that all these employers are bemoaning the fact that their employees are on their phones all the time and it's ruining their efficiency. You know, like this, these devices that were supposed to get us become, help us become more productive and get things done have actually slowed us down right. and done the opposite. Man, yeah, I was looking at my uh, phone usage. You guys ever look at the Screen Time oh, app? Yeah. Uh, it tells you what your average usage is every day, how many pickups you've had, uh, how many daily notifications you've had. It, this is super interesting. I've been taking a particular notice in this the past month or so, uh, and my screen time is still at two hours and 20 minutes every day, 103 pickups every day, and 82 daily average notifications. That's 82 times your phone is saying, look at me, look at me. Like, <laughs> you know, it's it's insane what our phones have done for our hurry up culture. What's been your experience? What is, what's your screen time? Oh man, I don't want to share my screen time. <laughs> Uh, my, it says my daily average is three hours and 16 minutes. And, um, that results in about 76 daily pickups. Okay. That's interesting. Your daily pickups is less, but your screen time is more. Right. So each time you pick it up, you're spending more time. I'm spending more time. I'm getting sucked in Yeah. more stuff. Yeah. yeah. Notifications. I only have, I only, only have 61, uh, notifications, but still. Yeah. It's sad. I mean, it's sad how much we feel in our culture we have to do so much and we have to be hurried at this and that, but yet we're finding I'm finding that I'm only spending more time on my phone, sadly. 
Right, um, and, and our phones were supposed to be like this great invention to help us be more productive, spend less time at work, get more done in a day. And instead, they're sucking us into Instagram or Twitter or whatever we're looking at, causing the exact opposite effect. Yeah, yeah. Going back to that article, the the quote that really struck me was this was the second one down. It, and it really hit me at, at my heart. It says, the types of people who possess a strong, quote, hurry up driver are usually perfectionists who like to be in control. These are the people who have been brought up to believe that there's a right and a wrong way to go about situations and that alternative solutions are usually a lesser or, or are usually lesser or flawed. And these people usually hate to de- deviate from their planned behavior, whether it be traveling, working, or cooking, or therefore, and therefore seldom have any other way to achieve all that needs to be done. And that's, that's me. <laughs> I don't like that. I read that and I'm like, oh, that's so sad. And but that's me. And you know, I, Jeremy's even, at Enneagram One, by the way. I for am I'm, interested. Yeah. yeah, I'm I'm Enneagram One, and and I and I I don't like to see those tendencies start to get passed off to my daughters. And I and I find myself, you know, as we go on family walks in the evening, sometimes I I find myself saying, "Come on, girls, hurry up." Why? Why do I need to tell my daughters to hurry up? They're enjoying their walk. They're looking at the pieces of grass in the ground or looking for four-leaf <laughs> clovers. And I, and, I, and I somehow have to rush through this family walk. Like that's, yeah. When I realize that I'm doing that, it kind of breaks my heart. I'll, I'll fully do that on my days off. I'm like speeding down the 101 here on the Central Coast of California speeding away to get to the beach to relax or you know <laughs> oh, what's the irony of that is like i you know i'm on my sabbath day and rushing to do the next thing you know it's just our default i think don't you think it is it's 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 unfortunately that i think the driver of our culture i i i have a quote on my personal email that uh, is from Willa Cather, and I don't, I don't, I don't know if I've actually read any of her books, but th- I just really identified with this quote. So this quote says, "Men travel faster now, but I'm not sure they do better things." Hmm. Like we rush here and there, but are we really accomplishing better things? Yeah, it's a good question. Um, yeah, so we've heard a little bit about what psychology today has said about hurrying. Uh, But what does God say about how Christians should respond to our hurry-up culture? Obviously, there are a lot of good things we can do to improve our lives, but we're here that we would learn to imitate Jesus. So as we look at Jesus... And the lessons of Scripture. What what when I begin to look at his life, what what I find that Jesus had is that I'm lacking, and so many of us are lacking, is this rhythm of retreat. Hmm. Jesus was the busiest guy. He was he could have been pulled in a million dif- different directions, but he had such an intimate connection with his father that he knew what his father's business was, and he and he just he did that. But he had right. this rhythm of like pulling back and retreating. Even, even when they thought, oh man, Jesus, you're going to be crowned the next king, mm-hmm. he pulled back and he'd leave the crowd. 
And he just he just knew those right tr- right times to pull away when things were getting too busy. It, it, it seemed like, and I love Luke chapter ten. Let me just read this little section. It says, um, now it happened as they went that he entered a certain village and a certain woman named Martha welcomed him into her house. And she had a sister called Mary, who was also sat at Jesus's feet and heard his word. But Martha was distracted with much serving and she approached him and said to him, Lord, do you not care that my sister has left me to serve, to, to serve alone? Therefore, tell her to help me. And Jesus answered and said to her, Martha, Martha, you are worried and troubled about many things, but one thing is needed, and Mary has chosen that good thing, that good part, which will not be taken away from her. Man, how how often do we just need to slow down and sit at the feet of Jesus Mm. and just let him absolve the hurry and just, I don't know, absorb him, you know? Right. Yeah. Odds are, odds are you're listening to this commuting somewhere or, you know, in, in the hurry of your day. So we'd encourage you to just slow down. Uh, and it's really interesting. Uh, Jesus, yeah, you said like the busiest guy, uh, you know, he could, people were coming to him needing healing, thousands of people circling around him wherever he went. And yet he spent time to pull away. He spent time to be with his father. And Mark 5 um, is a classic example of this. We see Jesus, he wasn't even in a hurry when a young girl was dying. Her dad came to Jesus in the middle of a crowd and, and was begging Jesus to hurry to come with him to heal his daughter before she died. And along the way, he healed somebody else who seemed to have a lesser physical ailment. She didn't seem to be dying right then like this young girl. And yet Jesus took his time, healed her, continued on. And Jesus got caught up into another crowd where this man whose daughter was dying got the news that she had passed away. And I'm sure in in his mind, he was so frustrated by Jesus stopping for all these people. Yeah. Why didn't you hurry up? Why didn't you hurry up? Why didn't you hurry? Like you could have saved my daughter, you know? And Jesus ultimately goes and, and raises her from the dead, but just so powerful. Like even when somebody was dying, Jesus wasn't in a hurry. Um, he had a plan. He he had a rhythm, like you're saying. In First Thessalonians four too, uh, we're called to make it our ambition to lead a quiet life, and I just love that. I I've been that's something I've been reading every day, and I have really big on my prayer sheet like slow down. It's all in caps and it's circled, and it's bolded, uh, and I I just try to read that every day like slow down to get my attention, and then it says make it my ambition to lead a quiet life. And that's something that Jesus executed perfectly, I think. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, I, not that I have this grasped at, at all, but one of the things I find is, is I, I just have to, I, I have to have that in the car. Like I, yeah. I either tr- completely turn off the radio new, like just, just drive in silence, just, mm. uh, 
just slow slow myself while even while I'm driving. I I find that helps. Um, that's that's one of the things I I like to do. I took I took a trip out to Eastern Sierras not too long ago, and the, didn't list anything on the radio. You know, mm-hmm. the it was the car, the car drive was completely silenced. The first couple hours were a little uncomfortable, <laughs> but then I kind of settled into it and like just just that silence and trying to slow, slow my, my thoughts and just everything going on. And it was, it was a really good time. I brought, I brought a couple books included, including the book that we're going to mention right now, but, uh, I just brought printed media and just decided that it was just going to be, I just, I had to, I had to slow down. Yeah. I mean, how many of us, the first thing we do when we get in the car is turn on music or turn on a podcast or, you know, find something to entertain ourselves. Yeah, and it's for me. It's sometimes a, a heart and a head check. If if my heart or head aren't in the right place, then I need almost need that music or need something to kind of maybe overpower my conscious. You right. know, it's trying right. to speak and like trying to the Holy Spirit is trying to like speak to me, and I'm like, oh no, I I gotta I gotta keep stuff going. I gotta yeah all the you know I have to have music. I have to noise in my head, and it and it's and it's that still small voice the voice that I I, I long to hear. Right. And and what a more, there couldn't be a more perfect book for you to bring along with you when trying to slow down than The Ruthless Elimination of Hurry by John Mark Comer. Tell us a little bit about how that book impacted you. Oh, man. Well, it's still impacting me. To be honest, I'm only two thirds of the way through. I'm coming close to the application, uh, which I'm kind of looking forward to, but kind of not. <laughs> that makes sense. Because uh, I know some things are probably going to hurt, which is a, a good hurt. Um, but yeah, he it's written by a, a pastor I appreciate and look up to. And he, he, he realized with the rhythm of his church life and family life and just everything that he was doing, it was just, it was wearing him down. And, right. and he, and he, as a follower of Jesus just said, Hey, what, what do I need to change? And so he looked at Jesus and took a lot of, the book's really powerful that way. So, Right. Imagine what, that. He looked at Jesus. Whoa. Hey. I mean, what? <laughs> <laughs> right. I know. So I'm only, I'm only partway through. I know you finished the book. So you, right. you finish up. Yeah. I mean, so many practical things in, in the end of the book, which I really appreciate. Sometimes, you know, these books can get really heady and you're just thinking so much about them and you don't really know what to do with the information. Uh, he did a really great job just, just explaining some things that he does in his own life. And uh, one of the things I did to work on getting my screen time down is um, I kind of made my smartphone into a dumb phone. Uh, I have a, an iPhone that I that you can turn on the grayscale so that it's less attractive for your eyes. So it, it, it doesn't make it so attractive to look at. So you're number of views and your amount of time that you spend on your phone is naturally just comes down. That's been one of the simplest things I've done that's been so helpful and honestly made a huge difference. I've uh, taken off social media, um, taken that off my phone, and I've cleaned up my home screen so I'm not seeing all my apps, which has helped so much because when I open up my phone to look at a text or look at a call, I don't see all of these other apps that I could access or it, it doesn't trigger something else that I go into on my phone, if that makes sense. Yeah. I mean, that's a very practical thing, but honestly, that's that's been huge. 
just in my life, I've tried to also, he really magnifies and talks about the idea of Sabbath a lot. I was, I was just going to ask you about that because you mentioned that earlier. Yeah. He and talks a lot this about is that something well. that I haven't at all uh, taken his advice on. Um, I mean, I did like two weeks after, like the two following weeks. Um, but I just don't have a full day that I can do that. And I say that and I'm checking myself because this is something that he challenges. Yeah. <laughs> you know, it's something that everybody can make the change to do. But um, I'm working on that. I'm I'm trying to at least set, a, set aside time uh, in my week where I'm fully focusing on God, fully just having that rest in, in Jesus, getting to know him better and just allowing him to speak to me. So that's been a huge change as well. But tell me about your, are you practicing the Sabbath? And we're, yeah, I, I guess I'm, I'm, I'm trying to work on the Sabbath. Yeah. This, um, this past week, this, the Friday, I, I, I set my phone aside. I didn't, didn't answer the calls I didn't want to answer. You know, right. I didn't feel right. a need, like I had to get back or had to get back to somebody right away and, and tried to be more intentional, just spending time with my family. Mm-hmm. And, I, and I love what Jesus said. He said, you know, the, that the Sabbath was made for man, not man for the Sabbath. Mm-hmm. And so my Sabbath will look different than yours, but it's it's just a time of rest. Like I, I love to do woodworking. So I, I spend a little time out in the shop because mm-hmm. um, that, that fills me up. I, you know, right. set up a little fire with a campfire in our backyard with the girls, like, whittle a, whittle a knife or, you know, whatever, <laughs> like, like just try to be a little more intentional with my time. Just that we have that day. God sets that day apart. Even in the work of creation, six days he created, and then he took a day of rest. Mm-hmm. Um, and that was, that's, that's the pattern for us. And that's, that is what we are designed for. We are designed for 24 hour days and we are designed to need that rest. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I heard this one pastor say how he is reminded every day that he isn't God because God puts him on his back for eight hours every night right. to to sleep and to rest. And that keeps him in check that he's he's he can't just blow through every night of sleep. You know, you have to sleep. People are made to sleep. So that they realize that they can't just hurry through life. They can't just rush through their entire existence without that rest. You know, God builds it in. Pretty amazing. There's only so long we can avoid rest until we have to. Yes. <laughs> We're yes. put on our backs. <laughs> right, right. We're put on our backs, yeah. And even I would encourage you all out there just to have that morning time uh, commune with with our, our Heavenly Father. Absolutely. Um, just setting... Setting a whatever time it is in the morning. I mean, Jesus woke up before anyone else. He he was up before the sun, and he had to have that time with the Father. And I think, if man, if Jesus had to have that time with the Father, how much more do I need to have that time with the Father? Right. In 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 prayer and communion and in reading His Word and just that time in the morning is it's um, it's the cornerstone of my day. Right. I love how John Mark Comer brings out this fact that you can't be in communion with God throughout your day if you're in a hurry. They are not compatible. You can't rush through your day and be thinking about a million things and also hear from God 
and commune with him and prayer know? prayer continuously right right yeah it's it's not possible and so this idea and this mindset of slowing down isn't just a nice idea it's not just a good way to control the rhythm of life it's it's how we can stay connected with god i think that's really important to remember you know we can talk a lot about these different lifestyle changes but really it's about how we can stay connected with god throughout the day how we can be more like jesus and ultimately that will improve our lives because it's god's design for us but that's not the goal yeah absolutely yeah so yeah listen for the holy spirit listen for him to speak and 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 draw you away into that rest uh, we definitely recommend the book the ruthless elimination of hurry by john absolutely. mark comer has a great resource but that's all we got for today. Thank you for joining us on the Imitator Podcast, where we are discussing how to become more like Jesus one topic at a time. And we'll see you next week. God bless. God bless. And thanks to our producer, Tim Motter. Mm-hmm. He has made us sound good. Thank you, Tim. <laughs> thanks, Tim. Thanks, Tim.